Welcome to Primordial Path. My name is Casey and I'm your guide on this podcast, which is dedicated to exploring ancient meditation and healing practices. We'll examine them through an accessible modern lens and discover how they can profoundly impact your life, your body, your mind, your soul, your energy. So stay tuned. Here we go. Welcome back. Today, I'll be talking about meditation and health. Meditation activates a level of physical and mental calmness that few of us achieve even while we're sleeping. And as such, it also promotes good health and can help to ease and possibly even cure a number of disorders and diseases. But before we go any further, let's discuss the non-duality that exists between the body and the mind. For far too long, it was considered that a physical sickness has no mental content and that a mental illness has no physical value. The interdependency between the physical and mental domains has only recently been recognized. They're one and the same. Physical relaxation, for example, will very certainly lead to mental relaxation and mental relaxation will almost certainly lead to physical relaxation. Meditation is a holistic treatment for disease. It's a more comprehensive treatment than medications, which can treat the symptom of the sickness but can have unintended harmful side effects in other regions of the body. There are numerous examples of this, which I'm sure you're aware of. Meditation returns the treatment to the patient. The patient will be able to exert more control over their own health in order to treat the cause of the illness. The treatment will address the entire mind-body system. And through the practice of meditation, the mind may be educated to heal the disease. But first, one must learn to meditate and have more control over the mind-body system. When we're aware of the internal development of the mind and body, we can channel energy to where it is needed the most. Meditation is a highly effective tool for managing physiological processes and reactions to psychological events. The slowing down of metabolism or the pace at which the body is broken down and rebuilt is one of the most profound changes that occurs in the body during meditation, as there's a significant reduction in oxygen intake and carbon dioxide emission. Due to the reduced respiration rate, there's approximately a 20% reduction in oxygen usage alone. This is the control over the automatic nervous system that we can develop via meditation, which is responsible for the lower metabolic rate. Meditation also has a significant effect on blood pressure, which lowers substantially both during and after meditation. The heart rate usually decreases to a few beats per minute as well. Another fascinating find about the circulatory system is that blood flow increases throughout meditation. So to understand this, we must return to the autonomic nervous system, specifically the sympathetic nerve network. One of the tasks of this network is to constrict blood vessels and, as a result, blood flow. So the less blood flow, the greater the restriction. Because the sympathetic system's activities are reduced during meditation, blood vessel constriction is lowered as well, resulting in a higher flow of blood. This increase in blood flow is very good for the person who meditates. For example, let's consider lactate production. Lactate is a substance mostly made in the muscles when there isn't enough oxygen in the blood. During times of intense activity, when the muscles are doing a lot of the work, the body makes a lot of it. 
So when muscles have to use more energy than they can get from the oxygen they get, this is called an energy debt. When this occurs, more lactate is made to give the body the extra energy it needs. During times of rest, lactate is slowly broken down into other chemicals because the muscles are getting enough oxygen. During meditation, the increased blood flow makes it easier for oxygen to get to the muscles and for lactate to leave the body quickly and effectively. This is why a cool down at the end of a workout is important and one of the reasons why we have a shavasana at the end of a yoga class. Think about it. So why is it so important to talk about how lactate is made? Because medical tests show that people with anxiety, neuroses, or tension have a higher level of lactate than when they are calm and peaceful. In scientific experiments, when lactate is injected into the body, the level of anxiety goes up quickly and noticeably. And people with high blood pressure have a lot more lactate in their bodies than those with normal blood pressure and that are regular meditators. Meditation is the best way to lower the amount of lactate in the blood, which in turn lowers blood pressure and all kinds of anxiety symptoms. Also, keep in mind that anxiety is the cause of many so-called physical illnesses and a lot of mental illnesses. Meditation can be a way to treat these diseases because it gets rid of the things that cause them. This is helping to treat the cause, not just the symptoms. So then how do these changes in the body compare to other ways to relax, like sleep or hypnotism, you might be thinking? Well, there appears to be little or no correspondence whatsoever. During hypnotism, there's no change in the metabolic rate. And in sleep, the physiological changes take place normally after some hours. In meditation, the ratio of oxygen to carbon dioxide in the blood, not the quantity, remains reasonably constant. During sleep, there's a noticeable buildup of carbon dioxide in the blood. Well, you also might be thinking, what about the fight or flight mode? The sympathetic nervous system and the adrenal glands are the body's fight or flight defense system. These two systems work together to make the body work better. So when there is stress, danger, fear, etc., the adrenal glands release adrenaline, a hormone that gets into the body and gets it ready to fight or to run away. It helps the body work better. It speeds up the heart rate and the breathing, improves eyesight, hearing, etc., and slows down digestion so that the body's energy can be used more effectively to deal with the dangerous situation. This system is for dangers that won't last long. For longer-lasting threats, the sympathetic nervous system takes over and keeps the body at a higher level of intensity all the time. Eventually, though, when the threat is gone, the body's functions go back to how they were before. But because of how stressful and competitive modern life is, many people are almost always at a high level of fight or flight readiness. It could be because that they didn't get on with their boss or they have issues with a family member or a neighbor. They might not be able to pay their bills or their rent. So under these conditions, the person is always tense has mood swings, is emotional, is almost always dissatisfied and unhappy. In this state, the body loses its ability to fight off illness. Many people might th say or think that most of their lives are calm. This may be true for some, but scientific tests will show that many people are in a perpetual state of tension and are so used to it, they don't even realize it. So when something happens, even something small, they tense their muscles, close their eyes, bite their nails, or do some other things similar to this. They do this kind of thing so often that they don't even realize it's a way to make up for something else. 
psychosomatic diseases start with these kinds of regular responses. When a person shows these signs of tension, whether they know it or not, they're actually getting ready for the fight or flight response, which is what the sympathetic nervous system and adrenal glands are meant to do. From the outside, these actions don't seem like much, but they show that things like the heart rate, blood pressure, etc. are changing inside the body. And this long-term stimulation of the adrenal and sympathetic systems can lead to modern diseases like high blood pressure, diabetes, coronary thrombosis, ulcers, and a large number of mental illnesses, as well as backaches, skin problems, muscle twitches, and a whole bunch of other diseases and symptoms. One way to stop or to cure these diseases is to completely relax your body and mind every day through, you guessed it, meditation. The usual way would be to sleep, but most people are so tense and stressed out that they can't even relax when they're sleeping. They're still thinking about how to solve their problems while they're asleep. Most of the time, sleep isn't enough to calm, balance and harmful effects of overusing the adrenal and sympathetic systems. Deep relaxation is the only time when the body's systems can finally heal and return to their normal level of activity. Here, meditation is key. In a way, the sympathetic nervous system and the adrenal glands are like one side of a coin and meditation is like the other side. It can help solve all the problems of modern life. It will improve the health of your mind and body as a whole. Not only do we need to learn to calm down, but we also need to change how we react to our surroundings. Each person's happiness depends on how well they fit into work and with their environment and not on how much they are afraid of it. Let's not even get started on social media. The mind-body system needs to be changed so that the adrenaline doesn't get squirted into the blood all the time. We need to retrain our bodies and minds so that they react differently, allowing each person to relax be happy and to start to raise their level of awareness. Not be so concerned with the outside world, but with our inner state of being. So let's just briefly touch on the part of the brain that controls whether we are tense or calm, the limbic system. This is an important part of the brain. This system is at the top of the brain stem and its job is to compare information from the sense organs with information already in the brain from previous experiences. So in other words, the limbic system compares what's in our memories with what's coming in from our senses. It does this by thinking about what we've done before. The limbic system also makes emotional responses stronger to information that doesn't make sense or fit in with what you've learned or remembered. So if something happens to us that we didn't expect or that's different from what we've done before, our limbic system reacts right away with an emotional response like anger or stress. This causes the adrenal glands to work which sends the hormone adrenaline into the bloodstream. Then the whole body gets tense, the heart beats faster, the rate of breathing goes up, and so on. Many people in the modern world spend most of their lives in this state, which can lead to all kinds of diseases. But at the same time, the septal region, which is part of the limbic system, works in the opposite way. It calms down our emotional responses, releases tension, and calms the body and mind as a whole. Through meditation, we can make the septal part of our limbic system work for most or all of our lives. Under these conditions, we live a relaxed, stress-free life. We enjoy it more. We work better. We don't get sick. And if you want to be happy and relaxed, you have to literally change your mind. Not the outside world or other people, your mind. Changes in the mind and how it responds to the outside world can lead to a happy and healthy life. 
You can spend the rest of your life trying to find happiness in the outside world. But if your mind stays the way it is, you'll never find it. You'll always be looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. If you want to live a happy, healthy, disease-free life, use meditation and change the way you think.